0: Favorites and we'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. We'll talk the games and all the rest about the team that we love best. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. We're going to talk about the Cardinals all night long.
1: And we welcome you to another edition of Meet Me At Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shropdahl, C70 the Bat, at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Alan Medlock from Red Dirt, Red Bird. A Medlock won on the Twitters. We're doing this on Friday morning, uh, which will probably become a fairly regular occurrence going forward this summer. But uh, at least for this week, we got it here on the Friday morning after the Cardinals have won uh, their second straight game, this time against the Diamondbacks last night, and alan you know I just finished writing the post for this morning um it was a game that you know glad they won um felt like they probably could have done more i mean this you know arizona's bad and they kind of struggled a little bit i mean for you know if it wasn't for ryan helsley i don't know what would
0: have yeah the uh, yeah last night felt like one of those whenever Martinez gave up his first hit and they had the rally when they put the runners mm-hmm. on there early. I was like, okay, they Arizona has some life into, life in them, and they're gonna they're gonna to uh, snap this losing streak. you know I, that, that's what I was right. thinking the whole right. time, and I was like, especially when they tied it, I was like, well, this is kind of meant to be now you kind of turn around and have to win three out of four and, and kind of go from there because this is one of those series I feel like you have to win. You know, where the four game sweeps are almost impossible, I do kind of feel like you need to win three out of four. And then if you do that and go and even win one of the Dodger series, you, for playing so poorly, you come back with a 500 road trip, which I always think is successful when you're playing at your best. So you have to win some of these games. So it for enabled to, for them to come through and win last night was huge. Um, you know, as poorly as they've played for the last you know twelve or fifteen games, it's still they can pull out some of these wins, which is which is interesting considering uh-huh. the rosters they're throwing out right now and how they have some unproductive parts of the lineup. Which is which I'm sure we're going to get into pretty heavy on this, but uh but no, just to see the win last night, to see the way that they did it, and, and ultimately, I feel like that may do uh that may kind of that may. It would be a confidence booster for Ponce is what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? Because I thought that was a pretty strong finish. I feel like that's one of those situations where you're just like, okay, you know, we've got the lead on this, but if they tie it, we're going to ride him out for a little while. You know, that's kind of the move that I kind of felt was made. But, you know, it, there was not a lot in question, and I felt like he finished it pretty well. And the back of their bullpen is, is strong. I mean, you look at, um, you know, you, your Gallegos, your Reyes, and, and now – that Ponce, the it looked good last night to finish, but I I understand some of your concerns.
1: Well, yeah, and I and you're right. I mean, it it was better than better than a lot of the alternatives. And you know, again, I look at things like you know the the, the Diamondbacks came in on a ten game losing streak. They're not going to lose four exactly. in a row. I mean that just yeah. that just doesn't I mean doesn't happen. So you know, somewhere along the way, you know, you're right. If you win three out of four, you're you're doing pretty well on that, and uh, that's about all you can ask for, especially in a situation like this. Um. That being said, the Diamondbacks still don't seem to know from day to day who the next pitcher. Yeah, is Yeah, it's be. a weird so, situation. Uh, uh, it's a uh, that's interesting, but yeah, you know, I was just writing and Yeah, except for that little blow up in Chicago, which may be part of the issue here too. Ponce has looked pretty good as a reliever, not only coming back from the the um, injured list, but the couple starts, the couple outings he went before that, and I'm starting to think that maybe we're getting a little bit of a tiered bullpen that I think everyone needs to kind of be you've got right now we've, it's been up to this point kind of the big three and everybody else. And I think that's disregarding what Helsley has done, but that's just kind of the way everybody's looked at the bullpen. Um, now I feel like it's almost the big three. Then you've got a step down and I'm still not hundred percent sure it's a step down for Helsley, but Helsley and Ponce, And then you've got, the Webbs and the Woodfords and, you know, Junior Fernandez and stuff like that. And, and so it's, if, if there could be that trust in Helsley and Ponce to take on some of these responsibilities that have been thrown on Gallegos Reyes Cabrera Um you know, that helps a lot. I was looking this morning and the Cardinal Alex Reyes is tied for second in appearances um, Cabrera and uh Gallegos are in a big clump tied for fourth. Um, that just, I mean, you, you run the risk of getting to August and September and not having anything out of those guys. So you've got to be able to take a game where you're up by one or, down by one and it's that's the kind of the thing we saw this week and we'll talk about it some more but to be able to turn it to a ponce or a helsley and feel pretty confident that the game's going to stay where it's at um i think that's that's huge for going forward
0: yeah and that that will be the key i to me personally where we see that uh you know, there's spots in the lineup like you and I. We'll talk about this, and it's that mm-hmm. that Thomas slash Williams spot right now. There's just no productivity out of it, and that's tough because right. I kind of like both guys. I just kind of feel like they're an enigma at this point. We just really don't know what either one of them are, and I think that we're finding out what they are, which isn't the best situation. But uh, outside of that, I feel like the biggest weakness is that pocket of the bullpen that you're talking about that uh, is not you know he's out. They're outside of that circle of trust, and it's it's they're only used in the, in the one way or the other, and they're not necessarily stopping anything, anything where they, you know, stop this situation to where the team can rally to where it's almost like we're throwing the towel in when some of these guys throw. And that would be an issue. Now I know that, and I, and, and stop me if I'm stopping, stomping on every topic we want to talk about today, but that's what was so disappointing to me with the Michaelis deal. I'm not saying it was completely surprising, but I felt like Michaelis coming back starts the process of maybe moving some of these pieces back to the bullpen, and yeah. and just the flow would seem to work a little bit better. Now those guys that would be displaced out of the rotation probably wouldn't say that, but I felt like that was going to be a positive to see that go out after you know you know the two two and whatever innings is is a tough situation, and uh, it it lends itself to the possibility that you'd think that there's going to have to be external help you know, somewhere down the line and to, uh, to set this, the roster straight. And we could say that about several positions.
1: Yeah. I was thinking, let me see if I can find it. I think that I saw today, I haven't read the articles, but I saw the mention on, um, on Twitter about Michaelis was not planning, still not necessarily needing to be surgery. Um, that, um, that he's still going to do the kind of the rehab type of thing. It looks like there's going to be a, some sort of a discussion about that today because Michaelis went to Dr. Andrews yesterday, but you know, the idea that there's probably not going to be a a surgery might mean that he'll be back
0: at least some point in time this season, but you're right. I mean, and we always want to have the positive vibes on those, but these situations never turn out well. It's the, the uncertainty is almost worse than a surgery to me and, you know and that's that's the thing where it gets a little frustrating
1: yeah i mean i get it you don't want to take surgery unless you just have to. sure i mean but it's a right. life it change deal like, i get it yeah yeah but you do it does feel like eventually that that's going to be the case and maybe it's a situation where you can get through the rest of the year yeah. um you know that he can come back and give you something from July, August, September, I, it's starting, I don't know. I think all-star breaks probably pushing yeah. them. Um, but, but even so, you know, what does that mean for next year? Um, you know, where are we going to be at next year? Um, it's kind of like Carpenter, right? When he came back in 12, you know, after all that and struggled and then, you know, just couldn't do it in 13. Um, I don't, yeah, the, do, do not have Michael has come into this rotation and, bump, especially Gantt. I mean, I think we saw last night with Carlos Martinez, who looked as good as we've seen Carlos look probably for the first six innings, um, that that he's definitely still a viable part of this rotation. If you're going to bump somebody out of it, I think you would have to be John Gantt. And I, you know, again, I know, I don't, I don't understand how John Gantt continues to get out of the chance that he does i'm very glad that he can because you know he's putting people on at a, a remarkable clip and still and doesn't really he's not really doing it by the strikeout either i don't think you know i mean that's what he was doing in as a reliever he got a lot of strikeouts and things like that but you know like the game this week um you know, what was it? It was yesterday, right? Or not yesterday, Wednesday. Um, You know, bases loaded in the early innings, one out and he gets a fly ball and then a guy thrown out at home plate. I mean, he's, he's living right for whatever the case may be, but you know, and we've talked about it a lot. I just feel like that eventually is going to catch up to him. Um, And I'd like to sell high (laughs) if at all possible and move him into the the bullpen. Um, But I don't, I don't. I mean, I'm sure the front office sees the same type of thing. Sure, but I don't know that they th- are as concerned enough about a crash that they're going to go out and make a move that they're not ready to make.
0: Yeah, it, it, you know what? This is one of those seasons where you look and, and you and you think, uh, look what Milwaukee just did. You know, they traded for an MLB level shortstop. You know, maybe an underwhelming prospect for as considering how high uh, um, he was. You know, he Adamas was with. Uh, Tampa Bay, but they made a move to solidify, and you're thinking, okay, big league moves could be made right now, but it's just not the Cardinals' MO to do those things, but it's also not to get Arnato either, you know, so I don't know, it's one of those, I know exactly where you're going from, you're thinking, there's guys out there available to eat some innings up right now, um, but, you know, it, it's still, not even June yet, I, It's it would, it would really surprise me. I get a kick out of this, and this is why I was laughing the entire time that you were talking. The people that have that that there's a lot of like-minded folks that think like you do that that he's going to be in the bullpen, ultimate being Gantt. I feel the same way, honestly. But what I love is any of those innings that he loads the bases or has trouble and gets out of it, everybody thinks that's when the, uh, the explosion's going up and that's going to be done. <laughs> then he gets out of it again. And, you know, he did it yeah. basically three times in the White Sox game. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this is the one. This is the one that they're finally going to get him. And he's just stayed under the radar as far as, a major explosion going, you know, been and it's been interesting, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it seems to be that the exposure is going to be bad, but you know, you got to pat him on the back for how well he's thrown under those circumstances. It's, it's, it's an odd, it's an odd situation.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you give him credit for getting out of the situations, but the, I mean, he created this situation. Yeah, yeah, so, no, I yeah, it's, know. It's I, mean, it's, it's completely strange. Yeah, it's not like Helsley last night, which I mean, again, we can't. I don't think we can talk enough about what what Ryan Helsley. Who's did. that again? Yeah, <laughs> a guy you probably don't know us about. Um, nobody you actually you know, care about. Um, I mean, Helsley. It, it was interesting, and, it, and I was like I said, I was just working on it the, on the post this morning. But you know, Helsley has had some rough outings here and there, um, but he has only allowed one inherited runner to score all year long. He's had 13, which I looked compare him to Hennessy's Cabrera, who gets a lot of it, rightfully so, you know, he's one of the big three and, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But Cabrera has allowed, he said 17 inherited runners and Cabrera is allowed 47%. So that's probably what, uh, eight, you know, eight of those to score, um, which is eight runs that isn't on his ERA. Um, Whereas Elsie is like, in yeah, allowed one. He allowed a, a sack fly with a bases loaded. He came into a game with the bases loaded and one out in gets Philadelphia, allowed a sack fly. Um, for the most part, when there's been runners on, he has been um, very viable. Um, and it's, sometimes it's when he gets into his own, <laughs> he gets to create his own yeah. situations he can't get out of, but he can get out for other people. Um, I'm really interested to see if they start, you know, leaning into that a little bit you know bringing him in with a runner on or a runner on second and one out or something like that in a situation instead of maybe going to the Cabreras um, and Gallegos immediately I mean they've done some of that I feel like especially early on in the games but you know he's definitely starting to carve that out at least early on that you know the the situation doesn't scare him.
0: Yeah it, it's it's so funny, and we'll probably talk about this all season. How you and I were having that conversation in Cincinnati about how he, if with her, if there was a minor league season, he would probably go down, you know, because <laughs> he was used a lot and not actually very successfully. But after that, he's just really taken off. Um, I do. They seem to be pretty fired up with where uh, Junior Fernandez is right now. And a, a couple of more appearances, in the way that Schilt talks about him, I could see him getting some of those uh, those leverage innings that Helsley has now, and Helsley move up into that uh, into the the one of the make the top three, the to top four type situation. Because I think that he's building a lot of trust. Um, that will be exciting to watch all year. Because I just feel like the bullpen is just plus plus, and if they can if, if they can figure out that pocket that they had some issues and and alleviate some of the walks. I think they're going to be really, really good, and that's—I just feel like they're—they're they're right on the on the cusp of putting everything together and 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 being—I mean—an almost unhittable bullpen type situation.
1: Yeah, and again, I mean that's one of those that kind of t- t- brings us back to where we were. Of you know, if you can get a pitcher, and I you know, again, we're not talking Max shirts although that's always a great idea. But even if you had just been able to have Miles Michael yeah. come back and shift Gant into the bullpen um you know that you, you know he's immediately in that second tier if nothing else um and that strengthens that I mean you need that kind of arms you need those arms that you go to in a you know the eighth or ninth but a guy that you don't mind going to in the seventh in a in a close game um and it could be that um if he if his walk rate doesn't um carry back with him when he goes in and you know that, that approach is always going to be different when he gets in there um but yeah I mean I don't i don't you know the Cardinals do have a tendency to do a lot of, in at least the internal shakeups around early June. I mean, you think about the time when a they 60 you know, got rid mark. of coaches, yeah, and, yeah, um, and stuff like that, where they kind of evaluate at that you know one third mark and say, um, okay, this is what we need to do. You know, that's a situation where if. If necessary, you know, like, you know, some releases or, or some, some promotions or things of that nature are made, or maybe even a smaller trade that's, that's done around that time. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that they will, um, but it does feel like they've got to do something. I mean, they're a half a game up on the Cubs, um, who actually have a better run differential. That's than part, where that yeah. concerns me. Yeah. That's, I mean, part of that's the nine runs that the Cardinals gave. up. <laughs> yeah. Two of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, 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 swing right there is, is all, you know, the biggest difference, but, um, but, you know, I mean, the Cubs are, are playing more like the Cubs than we thought they would be. Um, It helps when Pittsburgh is completely ignorant. I am still, <sighs> baffled and befuddled and completely amazed by that play yesterday (laughs) i i I just i don't i can't how do you not touch first base in all that how do you not? i
0: don't know and you know what's funny is this now there may be a a pretty decent amount of sour grapes on this next statement but why the praise on bias on that
1: yeah, I, I'm kind of with you there. Yeah. You know,
0: you're just like, oh, really? I mean, <laughs> it was a two-out situation. I just, I don't know. One, I feel like that's kind of stupid to be able to do that anyway. You know what I mean? I feel like there should be a rule against that. But, I mean, that's the way that it is. You're free to do whatever you want in the baseline. But, but yeah, it was just ridiculous. And you know what? Edmonds pointed something out last night on the broadcast that I thought was interesting. He said... Look at the two ways those two throws were received. He goes, and that that will tell you a lot about the pirate season. And I was like, you know, he's right. I was like, there was not a lot of effort given on either one of them. It was pretty ugly.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, one, I, I agree with, I will give bias credit on one, not touching, you know, paying attention to what was yeah. doing. Yeah, you know, not running back in and hitting home plate. Plus then. Being heads up enough to, you know, run to first and then run to second, I give him that. I agree. I think that he started that running backwards, just just because. I mean, it's just like you said; you see that every once in a while, a guy just, you know, he's no, he's out, and he tries to back up and be a little playful or whatever. But you know, he didn't. It's embarrassing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know really what are talking about. I am like wow. to follow him, yeah. all the way down there. Um, and I give a whole lot of credit to Contreras for continue to run that ball out you know um and scoring on the play um but yeah i just i mean i did notice the first day watching that especially at second base yeah uh, comes in a second. i mean yeah. the guy just kind of sticks his glove <laughs> but i mean he's got i mean there's got to be a level of frustration there i'm uh, sure like, what did just happen you know how can you i mean it's like why should i catch this because you know this is ridiculous and if somebody hadn't been backing him up which they were um, you know bias probably gets the third you know um which would have been even, almost as a bit almost as insane as what that Randy Rosa arena in yeah um you get caught sleeping but I just no I mean I just because I watched that play at least once without realizing there were two outs and you know where like, he was like, yeah it's pretty bad it just making no sense but yeah and then I was like there were two outs you turn around and touch I mean don't worry about it. And I love how you know, like you said, Edmund's pointing out the fact that you know, a whole minute later, if you touch the bag, you know, he's out, and none of that matters. You know, even after this run scores, I just I don't. I don't, I, mean, I just, I mean, you know, I you see crazy things in baseball, and you see things that are like, what was the guy thinking? But at least sometimes you can at least somewhat justify it or figure it out. I mean, even if they thought. Even if he thought there was just one out, you touch the base and watch the runner. I mean, you know what? I, I don't know. Anyway, I just I will. I think I will always be yeah befuddled by that. I just it's mind blowing. But anyway, I don't remember. where we, Oh yeah, the Cubs. I um, don't. You know, I got started on that now. I am like I don't have a clue. Um, but yeah, I worry. I, worry. I mean, the, the Brewers are three out, um, but they're still they've still got their own issues. I mean, sitting around about five hundred. Um, you know, I, you get to that point where you worry about, you know, the Cardinals going into, you know, the Cubs have Cincinnati this weekend, the Cardinals have Arizona. Great. Um, you know, you kind of expect the two teams to do about the same thing there. But then the Cardinals go out to Los Angeles. and I mean, that's a very, very tough place to play. Um, and let's see who the Cubs have at that time because they probably have like Pittsburgh again or something like that. Um, Oh, they have the Padres, so I'll give it, I'll give you that. So maybe not, but you know, there is a situation where the Cubs could, at some point in time, jump ahead of you. And boy, I, I feel like you, you let the Cubs get a game or two or three ahead of you. They might just, you know, kick it into overdrive. And I'd, you know, we've talked about it. I'd much rather that Cubs team be around five hundred when the trading deadline comes, um, and start selling off pieces and start adding people in. Um, and I, you know. The Cardinals need to probably, I don't know, do you think this, I know they've often said they don't look at the rest of the division, but do you think all this together makes them a little bit more anxious, a little bit more likely to do a trade that's not on
0: July 30th? Oh man, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I keep thinking that this is the year that they're going to try to get out in front of a lot of those things but you know what in the back of my mind I'm still so hesitant to say that because they, they just never do now I do I feel like there's enough smoke and we've seen enough of the movement already to show that they're gonna have to do something um yeah it's I, I would hope so they're gonna try to, to see things through and I I Oviedo tonight may be a big a big part of that um and that that could be I, I don't know how they feel about the rotation right now because of the Michael situation, you know, this may be yeah. a throw in, but this may be, Hey, it's either going to be Oviedo or Gant or in the back of their mind, they'll think again, going to help us in that bullpen. At some point, we've got to go get a starter. I would be surprised if they weren't looking at the starter market as some at, at, at some level right now, but uh, as the ability to pull the trigger, I'm still hesitant to see it to, uh, to say that I do wonder maybe in that outfield, if they don't have to do something because they're as right now, they just don't have the numbers. Now Sosa playing well could alleviate some of that because that would probably mean we're going to see a lot, see a lot more of Edmond in the outfield. And I'm not certain I like that a whole lot. Um, and you and I kind of talked about that. I feel like we're probably seeing the best of Sosa right now, run it out as long as you can, yeah. but ultimately yeah. your best bet's going to be at the young and, and Edmond middle infield, unless you, you, you do something big. The uh, so I don't know. There's enough things right now to where you're looking at, you're thinking you're in first place, with these things going wrong. What can happen if you went and, and made a trade right now? Because then it really scares the other, the rest of the division. What worries me is that that Cub lineup that I've seen several times this year, I've seen it look really bad and just mismatched and just didn't go to a go go well together. I did not see that lineup in St. Louis. I felt like they're, they have some bats, and that kind of concerns me a little bit. I was thinking, now, ah, you know what? It's a situation where you're hitting a Contreras third and, and fi- trying to figure out what you have with Rizzo, but they seem to be put together pretty well. And it's a, and it's one of those deals with Baez. It's always the Cardinals, it seems like. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, think about mm-hmm. it. That, been, that should be a mismatch for the ages, Reyes-Tobias. to somebody that throws as elite as Reyes does and can do it outside of the strike zone as well to get him to chase. And of course yep. he tags one in the Sunday night game, you know, and you're just like, he always does that, you know, like in the playoffs when he was, when he was a rookie with lackey, Lackey was dominant and here he come hits a three run, hits that three run bomb to right field, completely changes the direction of that series. He just seems to always do it to the Cardinals. It's pretty crazy. And I was listening to some Chicago sports radio and, and they were, they're concerned about the lineup and the inconsistencies. Said so they're going to hit some, hit a lot at some point, then they're going to hit none for a lot of the season. So that's going to, that will raise a lot of eyebrows about what they want to do. But man, I mean, their lineup impressed me in St. Louis this weekend, which kind of concerns me. And to go back to it, I, I kind of feel like you could strike while strike now, if you're St. Louis to some of these um, areas of concern, but I, it's just not the way that they do things, and that concerns me.
1: Yeah, and you're right. I mean, the Cubs, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know why they are worried about their lineup, because you're right, that's the lineup that looks – it definitely has all the pieces to be there. Now, whether they'll all click and stuff like that, but they've been there. And, you know, if it wasn't Baez, it would have been Contreras. Um yeah, Contreras you know You're right. The, you're right. the Cardinals, um, you know, one of those two guys always seems to be in the mix of it. You know, and you kind of expect it when a Rizzo or a Bryant does it, but you know those two guys just seem to take it to another level. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, um, I would be, I would be seriously concerned about the about the Cubs, um, and yeah, I, there are there are so many different spots, and it kind of feels like, well, and I wrote about it in the post, you've talked about it here, and I want to talk about it again. Um, you know, a guy like David Peralta, who we're seeing this weekend in Arizona, um, feels like a guy that would work for this team. He's a guy that can start, but I don't think he has to start. Um, I mean, he does start for the Arizona, but I don't, I think he's a, a guy that can play, you know, occasionally in the outfield, be a really good bat off the bench. I mean, that all, that kind of thing seems to make sense and seems to be a kind of a move that wouldn't, cost a lot that you could do
0: now while still looking toward what you do later on. Yeah, it that was it's one of those that would make a lot of sense. I mean, I've seen a lot of a lot of smoke about Peralta and maybe Sterling Marte, you know, one of those things. Now he's injured mm-hmm. right now, but that's one of those situations to where you can feel him Marte going to the Yankees pretty quick. And they're just being the, the rest of these guys out here. The, the Peralta link to the Cardinals is mainly because he can hit you. He fits that role. He's a good outfielder and he hits left-handed. You know, it's one of those to where it almost makes too much sense for it to happen. You know, you know what I mean by that. We've seen that with the Cardinals, you know, several times. But, uh, but yeah, that that's one of those that I think that that would be a name on the radar, and I like those veteran guys that have performed. You know, he has a track record. His op, he's OPS every year over a hundred since twenty sixteen. You know, one of those, and that's you know that it's it's it would be uh, it would make a, a heck of a lot of sense. Now, I don't know if that would cause an issue with. A left field situation where one of those two being Peralta or O'Neill would have to play a little bit of right field. I don't know. I uh I'm too lazy to look it up, but you know what I mean, what Peralta's track record was. But but yeah, that's a name that seems to make a lot of sense to me. Um and a lot of those guys that seem to make sense to me never make it to St. Louis.
1: (laughs) I will say the the maybe the downside, I don't know if it's maybe he's not as available. He does have a contract for this year and next year. I mean, and it's relatively cheap, seven and a half million dollars, you know? Yeah. So, you know, depending on what Arizona feels like and Arizona feel, I would have to look it up, but it feels like Arizona is one of those teams that can be really good one year and then just tank the next year and then go back up. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of swing back and forth. So if they think they're going to be competitive next year, um, you know, maybe that's not a deal that you make or a deal that costs a little bit more than you would think then, if he was in a free agent year, um, that's the only only drawback that I really see there. Um, because yeah, I think that it could, you know, that kind of guy. And and we, I was talking about it some. I guess with John Raby on, on Twitter this week. But, you know, that kind of veteran guy yeah. is just hard to find these days because teams aren't aren't prioritizing. They're spending their money on big stars, or they're bringing in young guys. Um, you know, he and I were talking about Jed Jerko. I mean, Jed Jerko is what's like 32, but had no offers this offseason and now is coaching some, yeah. you know, some team for, for MLB. Um, but he's the kind of guy that would have been great as a, as a bench bat, occasional starter. Um, but you have to pay those kind of guys, you know, five, six million dollars probably. Um, whereas you can buy a rookie that you know might not have the experience but might do better, you don't, you don't know. Um, for, you know, 600,000. So, you know, finding some sort of veteran pieces that can, that know how to be ready to play, but also are fine to come off the bench is I think really big for this team. It would be really helpful.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, I did, and it's funny, I think with, with, with somebody that in the mold that we're talking about, I think that you are buying an element of certainty you know, with that, with what comes along with them to where that's one thing they lack is we've, we, yeah, the potential is high, but there's a lot of gamble in what's going on in the outfield right now, you know? And that's, I felt like Carlson for the most part has lived up to the building and O'Neill's had a good season, which when those two have been missing or haven't hit, we've seen what happens with some of the others who are being squeezed out essentially. And that's, that's kind of the weak link. And you just you just kind of wonder what it would be like to have that fourth outfield spot with a guy that uh, none of us are going to bristle if he's in the if he's in the uh, main lineup, you know, four nights a week, you know, type situation. But you know, I don't know. You're right. It's also tough to find those guys, and it's tough to deal for them because other teams want them as well. And that's you kind of feel like Peralta's a little bit of low hanging fruit just because they really don't know what that what's going on in in Arizona, and you plan a division that. You know, fourth place is almost inevitable. You know, one of those type deals. You know, because that the division's so good right now with San Francisco playing above, playing where they are. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting, and it, I, I feel like there may be some guys out there, but they're not they're not plentiful by any means. You know, and that's that was kind of my uh, banging the drum for Brantley in the offseason. You would get mm-hmm. you would get yeah. a, a, a uh, some pretty guaranteed numbers, you know, and I know that that causes more of an outfield squeeze, but that, but that lengthens your lineup quite a bit. So, you know, that's, that's some of the things they'll be looking for. I feel like they'll they'll add an, a veteran bat. And I think that they'll add a fairly big reliever in the market as well for, for those, just the certainty issue.
1: Yeah, I would think so. I would hope so. Um, They're going to have, they're going to do something. I mean, there's, there's no doubt that the division is competitive enough and you got to, I don't want to say you have to make Nolan happy, but you have to at least make him not, not kind of second guess what he's done here yeah. with the opt out in the next couple of years. And I don't, I don't feel like he's going anywhere, but I think that, cause I think just being competitive this year is better than what we saw at Colorado. Right. And he, uh, he can look around that team and realize that he's not the, you know, with Goldschmidt over there with, with um, you know, other people around that they haven't necessarily, you know, pinched pennies, but, um, you know, you still want to
0: let him know that, you know, if they're competitive, they're not going to just yeah. you know, well, throw up their hands. I don't know if you read Bernie Miklis this week on Scoops, but he made the comment, he said, let's not be naive about this. You know what I mean? Yeah, the chances of him coming back are good. He goes, but the Dodgers are lurking. You know, one of those type of situations. And said that, that those things can happen. So and I was like, yeah, you're right. I feel like you. I feel like there does need to be movement, and and I I also think that the Cardinals are willing to do it on the Wainwright Molina angle as well. I I think that there's going to be a pretty big push, and I think that they believe with pitching they're going to be right in the thick of things.
1: And they probably, I mean, there probably will be. I mean, there's, I mean, as much as we've talked about the Cubs, I don't think that um, they're going to. I really don't feel like they're going to run away with that. I think they've got enough pitching issues and things like that. Uh, that no, out, yeah, I agree. You know, they're not going to I mean, they're in a good spot here. They're playing Pittsburgh and things like that, but um Ebs and flows in you know, the season. I think they're going to, Yeah, and I think they're going to be competitive all year long. Um but I don't know that they'll you know, unless they make some sort of move um pull away. So yeah, you're going to you're going to be there. So um I don't, I don't know what they're going to, what the, what the answer is, but I'm pretty sure the answer's, you know, not running just Williams out there every day um, or just, or Lane Thomas. Um, I've, I i do not feel like I've seen Thomas as much, yeah. maybe just the games that I've watched, or maybe he just hasn't played as much, but everything I see out of Williams, just, I mean, fourth outfielder at best yeah. really for me, I don't, I don't see him. I know that they've hung on to him and I know that he's, you know, and he's obviously got some potential. He's got three home runs this year, And every once in a while, it looks like it, but I just don't, I don't know. I, I I don't want to say I'm down on him, but I just don't feel like if they had to
0: wave him tomorrow, that they would actually miss him. Yeah. I, and I, that's one of those situations where you wave him and he's probably back in Memphis. You know what I mean? If that, if that tells you anything, you know, if he, yeah. he's going to pass through waivers, that's, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot, and that that roster spot right now is really tedious because, you know, you feel like there may be some potential for Williams, but I don't know how long you can wait that out. Um, yeah. I will still – I still say this all the time. I'm just not certain Thomas has been handled well because, mm-hmm. you know, here we are. We were, we were told the uh, COVID hangover made a ton of sense last year. And you're just like, yeah, okay. I get it. You know, after what we saw in 19, I was like, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Thinking that he's going to get a chance to rebuild value in Memphis. What do you get? Two games to rebuild that value and comes right back up. And, you know, and I understand that it was pointed out that they felt like he needed a reset after I was in, I was in St. Louis during that national series. And, you know, and I saw those things and you're just like, yeah, that's give the guy a break, you know, send him to Memphis. Let's see what he can do. You know, he has the tools, it, that's, that's obviously a problem spot on the roster. They're going to have to alleviate something like that. I think they're going to bank on Bader coming back, but a rib injury, you, we've seen it with the young too. It, it, those can be problematic. So that's, it feels like there's going to have to be external options for that roster spot.
1: Yeah. Um, cause you're right. I mean, the young apparently might start hitting this weekend. Um, but excuse me. Um, Even if he does, I mean, you're looking at what? You're probably looking at mid-June before he comes back. Um, I don't feel like they're going to just let him take a couple of days at Memphis and then jump back into it. I I don't know. Rehabs are weird to me. It feels like they talk about, hey, this guy's been away from baseball activities for so long. And then he plays like, you know, eight at bats and they bring him right back up. So I, you know, I don't, I don't always get that. I mean, I get that. I know that they do a lot of stuff beforehand and a lot of it's, you know, just getting a little bit of timing and such, but it feels like it used to be that, you know, if somebody was on a rehab assignment, they were out for like a week or so or or longer. And nowadays they don't tend to do that. And I don't know if that's. Good or bad, or what if it matters, or maybe it's just my imagination.
0: Well, it's funny. I, I don't know how much you were able with the storm coming through, how much of the game that you were able to pay attention to other than game day last night. But you got Jim Edmonds' opinion on that really clear. Oh, really? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, sure yeah. Well, here, uh, uh O'Neill hits the bomb in the first, yeah. and uh, and and Danny goes, uh, Well, at least he didn't need the rehab assignment. And Edmonds goes, No one ever does. He goes, Ooh. No, he goes, You get it, it's more beneficial to get the restart and the re- the refresh than it is to go down and get in the, get in a side or do, go on a rehab assignment. And that's just another one of those lines of, yeah, he's probably right, but I don't think the club wants people to know that. You know what I mean? And it's, it's one of those situations where he Edmonds tippy toes so much on these things that are great information, but you don't necessarily know if they if you want those out, like he was pretty much talking about Bader and the text messages after the injury on the broadcast Yes. And you're just like, I'm not so certain they want that getting out. And, and that's just one of a thousand things that he's done this year that I thought were actually a funny, b informative, but c probably shouldn't be saying.
1: Well, and that's,
0: that's what usually,
1: it's one of the reasons people like having Jim Edmonds on the boat, on, at least at some, I see Edmonds is kind of getting a little bit of a, um, a divisive opinion on, on Twitter and things like that. At times. Yeah. But you know, for the most part, I'd rather see, uh, Edmonds or, a uh, Thompson or uh, Thompson's maybe a little bit to the Ricky Horton side of things, but still, um, and I'm with it. It's my personal opinion,
0: but go right. ahead. And I maybe. would rather
1: have those kind of guys than, you know, some of the others that we've had. I mean, there is, you're right. I mean, there is some information. There's at least, a uh, Edmonds, at least to me, uh, and I think Thompson and some doesn't seem to always bring the stereotypical former player, point of view to things um and if nothing else you can tell jim evans having fun with this whole thing yeah Um, yeah but um anyway that is it is kind of interesting because it feels to me like you would rather it's kind of like you know seeing the difference between seeing you know bp versus live pitching type of thing you know you'd think you'd want to but you know how much can you judge against a you know a 22 year old that can't find the strike zone at double a you know so i don't know um Anyway, so maybe maybe B. Young's back earlier than we think, but it's still probably, you know, a week, uh ten days. I would think, you know, for the fact that he was hopefully going to be gone just ten days, and now it's been what, you know, three weeks or so mm-hmm. since he's been
0: mm-hmm. out. And yeah.
1: granted, thankfully, Edmundo Sosa has been on fire, but you know, you read the articles, you, you know, B. Valverde's had that, and some other places. You just know it. it's not going to last. I mean, it's. Babip is like in the four hundreds, like high four hundreds. I mean, he didn't get a hit last night. I think that stopped his eight game hitting streak. Now I've been impressed that it's not been all like a lot of singles. I mean, he's hit some doubles yeah. and triples and he's looks like he's comfortable in the big leagues, but you know, league's going to figure him out some and he's sure. to make adjustments. That's the way it goes. Um, and you know, given what De young brings with power, um, you'd rather have De Young out there. That being said, you know, De Young hitting under 200 isn't really great either. Um, so you kind of, if you could just merge the two together, yeah, the two no, sets together, we'd be all right. We'll, no,
0: I agree. I, it's, it's one of those where I feel like Sosa has, has made a name for himself that he is going to play a little bit. You know what I mean. Regardless of how it goes, yeah. I know that people. De Young's the whipping boy right now, and I don't know if that's necessarily fair. You know, and now Bader maybe. when it, since Bader was cooling down, that it may flip back around to him a little bit. I did get a kick out of this though, and this is one of those. I'm a De Young honk, so everybody can point to me just finding the the black eye or finding the pimple essentially. But I thought it was funny that Schultz made the comment about how much uh, excitement and energy. Sosa brings to the lineup, and three of the next four games were the most boring games of the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, the Cubs game with the walks was terrible, and then two out of three in Chicago were awful. You know what I am saying? Yeah. It's that's I mean, things happen, and I know what they I know what they mean completely. And I am the first one on here to think, hey, that guy brings a little bit of energy, and it changes what can be a rather boring lineup. And I always appreciate that. But I did think it was funny that that was said.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's you know, it's easy to. The excitement's a lot, uh, a lot greater when you're winning ballgames. Yeah, you know that's just not the way. Although a couple of those Cubs games were
2: no, the two, the exciting. Saturday were fantastic games. Yeah,
1: they just weren't offensively exciting. Games, yeah. Guess, so and he's what? he's had a pretty good glove too. There's no doubt. But yeah, Ramundo, Sosa, I, you know, not that Paul DeYoung is is really bad. I mean, he's he's underrated probably at defensively, but Sosa at least for the most part, I think takes it to the next level.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think that you're going to get stability from DeYoung. young. I think you're going to get electricity from Sosa, you know, cause he can cover base to base a little bit. So,
1: so you're right. I mean, and that's kind of where we started, I think a long time ago before, um, a lot of us, who knows where we started it, but the idea that <laughs> are we recording? It's- I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. We just rambling, <laughs> um, you know. feel sorry for people. when we actually put this out there, Yeah, sorry, but, Frank. um, um, you know, to, to the idea that if Vader's out for a while, if Vader's out longer than De Young is, that you get De Young at short and Edmondo Sosa at second, yeah. and then Edmond out in the outfield. And yeah, you can do that. Yeah, that's probably a step up from Justin Williams or Lane Thomas out there, but I'm still not sure that that's a good yeah. lineup. Yeah. Um, and anytime, anytime you have to. Anytime you feel like you need to put Tommy Edmund in the lineup, in the the outfield, you've got problems because that Tommy Edmund is fine in the outfield, except for that ball that he dropped in Chicago, which apparently everybody wanted to misplay balls that night. That was ugly. That that was crazy. Um, But, you know, in general is his profile's not an outfielder you know um he needs to be at second base he plays fine second base they just need to leave him at second base when they can um and if he's in the outfield then you know i don't think you've got the best possible lineup yeah. out there i mean well and take that back it may be the best possible lineup for what you've got the pieces you have but that means you need better pieces
0: yeah yeah it it would seem like I I couldn't agree more with that statement. I mean, he's serviceable in the outfield. I like the fact that you could play him out there and not, and not skip a beat, but it's one of those two years thinking, well, that you're heaping a lot of, 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 uh, work on Edmond right now. Now I understand that that was also the, uh, the Zobris type model, you know, kind of you, you are a leadoff hitter, but you play anywhere, but man, I feel like their infield's really good when he's the second. And, uh, it would it would be nice to have a little bit more of that. Uh, I know we keep bringing it up, but that certainty in the outfield, where you wouldn't have to do that, but you could still buy so so a little bit of time in the middle infield. But like like we've been we've been pounding this for two years of give the young a break. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's let this gives you a little bit of flexibility to do that if you can go out and fill out that that open outfield spot with that fourth outfield spot with it where it's not Tommy Edmund, You know, I I think that that makes you a better ball club.
1: You know, Edmund still hasn't taken an inning off this year, um, which is a little bit crazy. Um, I will say over his last 15 games, counting last night, he's hitting 239, mm-hmm. uh, OPS 641. You know, there's going to come... And, and we've we've talked about this before. Hey, he's slipping. Not, he, maybe he's slumping, and then he goes out and has a two-hit, three-hit day. Um, you know, in fact, he had a two-hit game. That, you know, two-hit game and gets White Sox. He had two home runs. I mean... Um, the, there's still value there, but man, I just, I feel like if Tommy Edman was on the Dodgers, he'd be a great backup. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it feels like if you've got Tommy Edmund playing every day, every any every, then you're a fine team, but you might not be a great team like you would be if you had the option of letting him be the Zobris type to be the guy that kind of floated in and out, but didn't necessarily play every day. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm saying this right. You know, and I don't want to downgrade Tommy Edmund because he's been a lot more than we ever really yeah, expected. I when mean, him up, but it just feels like you
0: could do better than that. It's... It's a, it's a situation where, I mean, I love Edmund mm-hmm. and it's one of those because of, I like that kind of flexibility and I love the leadoff hitter role. And I like the fact that he's a leadoff hitter, the leadoff hitter that's complete anti-2021 leadoff hitter. You know what I mean? There's an element to me that I like that. You know what I mean? He hits his way on base, not a high OBP, you know, type situation. I, I like that. It's funny that, that we're talking about this and he could probably be, they have two superstars on their team and he may be their best player on the first yeah. half of the season, you know, maybe an all-star
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's, it's, I, I wonder how much of it is the Gant type situation where you wonder if it's going to fall back to earth before too long or, or how sustainable it is. I, you know, I don't know. Um, I like the idea of leaving him in one spot, you know, a little bit more than we have, but you're right. You, you run into some de young type issues now to where, yeah, he's that important to you where he plays every day, but it does, does he need to play every day? Yeah. You know, should he play every day? You know, I don't know. I mean, I, when I say everyday player, yeah, I think he's a starter. I think he should be your leadoff guy, but I think he should get days off as well.
1: Yeah, I would, I would like to see that a little bit more. But again, if, when he's one of your best players, you want him out yeah, there. Yeah,
2: I agree. Um, I mean, that's, and,
0: and, you know, offensively, they have been, I know this is going to sound crazy. Arnato's a better hitter than I ever gave him credit for. Oh, okay. Even, even. Yeah. I mean, he really impresses me. I just, uh, I didn't realize that. Um, he, here, when he was in Tulsa, you know, of course, Double A, you could tell mm-hmm. defensively he was going to be a stud, but you just kind of wonder where he was going to be offensively. You know, he 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 hit three here the whole time he was here, and he was their best player without a doubt. But you just kind of wondered where it would end. You know, what the level of uh, of stardom he would achieve. You knew he was going to be good. You knew he was going to be All Star, but he didn't know. But man, now he's a professional hitter. I mean mm-hmm. that's he, their lineup. I I mean I, it's impressive. I mean one through four I think is really good right now, and I think below that is where you kind of run into some issues. Which I think if the role players start playing well, they're going to be elite. But to go back to it, I just I don't know. I I just wanted to say that about Nolan. I just he's a better player than I thought he was, and I and I don't know if that was some course theory. I'm not sure, but man, he's really impressed me, even with some of the. I it's it's you can. Make excuses real easy. I feel like we've seen more defensive miscues than we anticipated, but I think that's just because we hold him in such high regard.
1: Well, and and yeah, there's there's that, and I will say we because I, I talked about this in a post not too long ago because I saw it on Twitter, and and you know some of the metrics don't show him as good as he has been in the past. Some of them are he's you know kind of I don't want to say mediocre, but that's kind of what some of the metrics are looking at. But I'm also thinking, look, I mean, one we've talked about the new baseball from the fact of pitchers having trouble maybe getting a feel for it, more of a grip for it, not having played last year. I think some of that can be also affected into the fielding. I mean, especially when you're talking about throwing errors. Now, I don't know that how many errors of, of Arnados have been throwing errors but, Yeah, because um, it doesn't really feel like there's been many of them, but I, don't think, I can't think of any. Yeah. And but, I can't, I can't yeah. think of any either. So that may not be an issue, but still just the, the general, Thing, but you're also talking about a guy that's learning new shifts. I agree. He's he's yeah. fighting some of the. He may be fighting some of these instincts that he's had for quite some time, um, trying to get used to you know how the Cardinals do things. So sure. Um, and in in different backgrounds and different places that he's not necessarily you know he hasn't played a lot in the NL Central hasn't played a lot. I mean, some. And then and, and again, I don't want to just say that i'm just you know giving a blanket excuse for it no because i i, I you there have been some places that you're like yeah. man yeah i wouldn't have expect that but then there's been some plays that i would never have it. i mean that run you know that what that 90 foot run to catch that file the foul ball at bush one time um you know i can think of the hopper that came you know bases loaded i think at hopper he jumped up and in like one motion through home um there's plays almost every night that are even if they're not highlight reel they're they're good. They're really yes. good plays, yeah. and and it's better than we've seen at third base. So, but yeah, I think his. At, I I don't know. His at bats have something different. Maybe it's because he's very active in the box, the movement. Um, it, his and and I I think sometimes he's you know he's too aggressive. He goes chasing. He tries to do a little too much at times because I've seen him you know chase pitches off the outside. You know, in a situation, it's like. He really wants to do something, and and he might get too caught up in the moment at times. But yeah, there's just there's something about that that it's different than anything else the Cardinals have watching him, watching him at bat. Um, and he's going to be. I mean, he's kind of in a downslide now, um, but he's always got that potential for a double or a trip or a homer or, sure. or something. That you know, even if he's over. Uh, it's not like, you know, he could go over 10 and I think we'd still expect that there's a possibility, you know, versus some people it's like, man, they're just, you know, like Tyler O'Neill. If he strikes out four times, you probably expect him to strike out the fifth time. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? I mean, he's just, yeah. he's this tricky kind of guy. Yeah. Um. And, and Arnotto may have his ups and downs, but I feel like every time he comes to the plate, he has the chance to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, more than than others um but speaking of o'neill he comes back last night he does hit the big two horn home run we've talked about this lineup it still feels to me that if tyler o'neill can find his feet and stay on the field which has been an issue this year um having him hit fifth and then bumping molina to sixth I mean, that could make this team so much better. Right. I mean, you talked about it earlier, whereas it's, you know, one through four, and then it drops, you know, if Tyler O'Neal is consistently hitting home runs, I mean, he's going to strike out and there's going to be that. Um, But if he's consistently playing the way that we've seen him play this year, um, him hitting fifth is,
0: is huge. I agree. And I, I think that that would be the, the perfect situation for him. It's just that Molina has hit so well that it's tough to move him at this point. You know, the, uh, uh, but no, I agree with you. Uh, I feel like if we, if he ever gets, it would be that ascension to where you felt like he's finally jumped that he's he's crossed, he's crossed over to where now we there's a little bit of that consistency in the uh, in the belief in him that he you know what you're gonna get you know yeah. what I mean you're, stri- you're always gonna get your your strikeouts but you're gonna get your power kind of like that they they've done with the young to where it's like you know you know what you're gonna get I I hope that's how they feel. You know, I, I I don't know that how that that's how they felt about the young for the past couple of seasons. I kind of hope that's how it is this year, but uh, but yeah, you're right. I would love to see O'Neill in that in that five spot. A little bit of that electricity to it, and uh, I think that you would see see some pretty good numbers.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even if he, I mean, right now he's hitting about two fifty. Um, you know, even if he continues to hit around there, um, OPS of eight twenty nine. So you know, even if he's in those lines, that's not like superstar level stuff. But when you mix that in with the power that he's got, that's a more consistent batter than I think anybody else on the team, except maybe Yachty and, and the ones in the top four. Um, Cause DeYoung doesn't have that right now. I mean, he's still going to be, I mean, until we see him regularly, he's going to have that power, but he's not going to, we haven't seen him hit, you know, over to the low two hundreds in a while, you know? Um And, and I know batting average is batting average, whatever. But, you know, just the just the fact that Tyler O'Neal doesn't have to be all or nothing, whereas Paul DeYoung almost feels like that way, right? You know, yeah. it's almost like if he hits the ball, you know, great. But he's not hitting the ball very often. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, so I, I don't know. I'm interested to see how this, you know, again, we're running up. I'm looking at Tyler O'Neill right now. He's at 112 plate appearances. His career high is 157. So in the next what t- two weeks or so, to you know before before the end of June for sure, he'll have you know a career high in those numbers. Um, he's already tied his career high in home runs. Um, he's closer to that in RBI. <laughs> he's got more steals than he's ever. He's actually you know overall you know now granted he's, his strikeouts are high too, but and he needs to walk a little bit more. But overall I think we're starting to see that there is something there. Whether it's enough to, you know, make the Marco Gonzalez trade is <laughs> relevant. I, I you know, or, or win. I think it's a good worked out to be a good deal for both sides. And, you know, it's not saying that they can't find a better one, but Talonil's worth one point one um uh, B war for this year. So, you know, he's a he's a valuable player right now, and that's good to see.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, there's a lot of promise, and I think that we've seen that more than potential. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. I felt like we are just like, well, we feel like he can do this. But he's showed that he can do it. I mean, I don't know why it felt like that homer was inevitable last night. You know what yeah. I mean? Especially playing out there, but he crushed it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Like I said, if the role players play, fulfill their roles, they're going to be really, really good.
1: All right. Well, we can't wrap this week's show up without talking about the biggest <laughs> – thing that came out of this week and that would be gio giovanni gallegos's hat um you know as i'm sure everybody knows here that's listening to this wednesday or wednesday the cardinals leading the game call on gallegos he comes into the game and joe west being alerted by one of the other umpires says dude you got to change your hat because you've got a dirty hat Nobody ever told Steve Klein that, um, but they told Giovanni Gallegos that, which then sent Mike Schilt off. And honestly, if I can, after ref- I have the time when I'm putting this together, I'm going to put at least some of um, Schilt's post game rant at the end of the show because I just I, I love that he went off like the way he did. Yeah. Um, and I think he has a he had a strong point. I mean, it obviously didn't turn out to matter. Gagos changed hats and instructing it to guys out. But I mean, we have seen, I mean, not only have we seen it on this, on Cardinals this year, but we've seen it a lot of different people where the Cardinals have played or on TV or yeah. whatever. There's a lot of pictures with stuff on their hands. And in part, you know, I'm sure this idea that they don't clean it. I'm sure there's some of that's there because they're having trouble getting a grip on that new ball. Um, and, I just don't think it's that big a deal. And, and Gallegos is for certain was not any worse than some of the others that we've seen.
0: Yeah. The, uh, the, the mystery to why they did it to uh, Gallegos to me is, is that I think that's a bigger part of this. Like why were they alerted? You know, I've heard that it was the second base. Some that told West in that way. And I do wonder if that came out of the dugout. I honestly wonder about that. I mean, and La Russa
1: said that it didn't. I, being that Tony Larusa wouldn't go after Kenny Rogers in the world series, I have problems <laughs> believing it, but maybe.
0: Yeah. And you know, there's always a deal with Larusa that, uh, he probably wants to keep, this is, I mean, this is really shooting arrows, but, I have a feeling he probably wants to keep authorities away from things. He looking too closely <laughs> into you know, in his own affairs, to be honest with you. The uh, I don't know. I here's the thing, here's where the word it's going to be ugly is this is going to have to be an all or nothing. Yep. You know, and that's that is going to be a situation where how do you police it? And on the flip side, I feel like we have seen more guys hit this year. Mm-hmm. I've seen like we. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like. We see the cross-ups between catcher and pitcher more now than we ever have. And I, at one point I was thinking, what benefits are the change of those cards or how much does that affect these guys that this ball is going to the backstop? Because you used to never see that. Now you see it game, every game. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, if they're this dangerous with substances, what are they going to be like without? Absolutely. That's what concerns me, and I, that I think is going to be the biggest obstacle right now of how are they going to police this, because if it's a one-off basis like this, that's going to, be, it's going to make for a terrible season, and it's going to be, I mean, what's this going to do for more of the collective bargaining stuff? I just feel like any anything on the field right now in a negative light is, is one more way that we won't see baseball next year.
1: Well, that's very possible. I mean, they may very well bring that up. Um, you know, I don't know. I'd have to go and look and see what it, how comparable this is. Um, but the Cardinals have hit 38 batters. The Cubs have hit 37. The Brewers have hit 29. And that's the top three teams. The Padres also have hit 29. Um, you know, let's pull back to, well, let's see. Let's look at 2020. Because 2020 is with 60 games. We're getting around that 60-game mark. Um, it's actually in line, kind of in line with what we saw last year that Rockies hit 40 to start the year, uh, for that whole season. And I mean, again, you factor in all the weirdness that 2020 had and all that. So maybe there's some differences there. Um, you know, looking at 2019, um, well, I say, I'm going to look at 2019. It doesn't want to pull up, but there it is. Um, the Marlins hit 90, uh, in the full season of 2019. So, it does feel like there's a lot more, maybe because the Cardinals haven't done it as much. Um, in 2019, the Cardinals hit 69 people, um, which was, you know, tied for 10th. Um, you know, they've already hit, you know, more than half of that now. Um, so maybe that's why we don't we think there's more. But I do feel like there's more of that kind of stuff. And you're right, the other stuff of, you know, walks and cross ups, um, you know, some of that is also, you know, Yachty doesn't quite move like he used to. Um but a lot of we're seeing it in a lot of different places. I mean what? I mean we saw the the no hitter by John Means broken up. Or no it's Carlos Rondon's that was broken up with the hit batter. You know, perfect game was broken up because he hit the guy in the foot. Um I don't know, there's a lot of different factors probably that go into this, but it does feel like there's a lot of that. And you're right you want those guys to have a grip i again i don't you don't want to doctor it up so that the like like mike showed said that so it's doing wiffle ball stuff you don't want that but you don't want them to not know what they've you know where the balls go yeah. either um especially when everybody's throwing you know 98 and, and such like that so i you know i just don't you know it's a little bit more obvious i did you're right though they've just got to they've got to go out and police that i mean you look at i saw, I don't remember. I think it's Garrett Cole pointed out, it was pointed out, Garrett Cole, um, you know, the dark blue Yankee hat and it has a big old white spot on it. I mean, you know, <laughs> come on. How, how are you not seeing this? If you're not yeah. Um, but if you are seeing that and you don't care, then why, why aren't we going through yeah. it? Yeah. Um, you know, again, thankfully it didn't matter, but it's, you know, it got people fired up. It got my chill fired up. And let's point out that as of right now, this is Friday morning the league has not fined him. And, you know, I don't, I mean, and he said he, there was a chance he could be fined. And it feels like the league typically comes around like the next day and says, you're fined. And maybe they did. And it was quite kept quiet, but I feel like, you know, the fact that he wasn't fined makes me think that baseball kind of understands the situation and realizes that maybe Gallego shouldn't have been, uh, targeted um like that uh and I mean, you know maybe not maybe they'll just a little slow when they'll get out to it today but and, it, and i'm not saying that you know shield was not uh, he was not combative i don't guess in his press conference he didn't blame the umpires he didn't blame any he just said this is you know this is this is the way it is and it, I, I'm very interested to see if there is any kind of response to
0: that. Yeah, that's, uh, I want to see how this plays out because, it, boy, you talk about opening Pandora's box. I mean, it's, yeah. it could be ugly. Yeah, yeah, it could be. So, um, because when you, you're talking about, you know, spin rates
1: and things like that. And, yeah. you know, you know what? Trevor Bauer has talked about it in the past about how he always blamed Houston for that. And then, of course, then all of a sudden his spin rates start going up. And so, you know, What's in relation to that? Who knows? Um, and with the other measurements that you can see, like spin rate, I mean, years ago, you wouldn't have been able to even tell that kind of thing. Uh, now you can, and now you can start saying, why is this, you know, if this doesn't normally go up, why is it going up? That kind of thing. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, it may just be a one-off thing, and we forget about it in, in a few weeks, but uh, uh, it's just uh, kind of interesting to see. All right. Well, we've gone long enough. Cardinals finish up with Arizona. They go out to uh, Los Angeles, and then what do they have after that? Like, they come home, right? Uh, Since that, red, yeah, red, yeah, red, Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati, Cleveland. Um, so we will be back with you um, sometime next week. I don't know um, when we have that opportunity, but we'll figure it out. Um, maybe a well, man. They don't even have a they don't even have a Thursday day game, do they? They got to. No. You know, we'll. Uh, We'll figure out something, maybe Saturday morning or something. Well, no, you've got your stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure something. We'll out. We'll figure something out. We'll get a show gone then, and then um, uh, we'll uh, see how that goes. Hopefully, we're talking about a good ro- finished road trip, and um, you know maybe they'll beat up on uh, beat on the age on the on the Diamondbacks and, and do their best against Dodgers. Because if they could do, I mean, if they can be competitive against the Dodgers, kind of like you know. Again, they got swept by the Padres, but for the most part, you know, if they could f- keep the ball from being walked you know, walking everybody. They were in that mix. If they can win one from the Dodgers and be competitive in another one, I I think you like your chances a little bit better about this team. I mean, there's still problems, but you know, maybe they're a bit on an upswing and then going in to face the
0: Reds and the Indians before before the Cubs. Yeah, yeah, that's uh I I think that this is a pretty good re- test of a road trip. You know, and then uh in, you kind of get back into the division after that. So it, it it's It'll be fun to watch. Yep, hopefully so.
1: All right, we'll be back with you next week. But until then, that is Alan. I'm Daniel. Good
2: night. Good night.
1: Skipper, the floor is yours.
2: All right, everybody good with the game? Um, so thanks, Commissioner, for um, letting me do the game first. Um, well, a couple thoughts, and I'm sure you're going to have some questions because I've got, I've got my fair share of thoughts. Um, first of all, here's what factually happened. Geo comes in the game. Um, I wasn't aware at the moment. I just caught the end of it. Now I'm more privy to how it unfolded. Um, my initial reaction was Joe comes over, walks over to Gio. I don't know what it's really in regard to, um, it's uncharacteristic. I walk out, see what's going on. He said he needs to change hats. Turns out that Dan Bellino had um, watched Gio come in the game and then goes over to Joe. What's from Joe goes to the mound. And then you know, listens that geo needs to needs to change his hat. Um, so why do I take exception with that? Um, because this is baseball's dirty little secret, and it's the wrong time and the wrong arena to expose it. Because here's here's the, and make sure I get my words right. Because um, I got a decent chance of getting fined, and my wife Michelle will, you know, gosh darn it. Um, it's for the integrity of the game. And, and <laughs> um, But anyway, um, here's the deal. Um, first of all, Geo wears the same hat all year, okay? Um, hats accrue dirt. Uh, hats accrue substances, you know, like just stuff, you know? We pitched in a day game. Um, so... Did Gio have some sunscreen at some point in his career to, to change his, um, make sure he doesn't get some kind of melanoma? Possibly. Um, you know, does he use rosin to help out? Possibly. Is Are these things that baseball really wants to crack down on? No, it's not. I know that completely firsthand from the commissioner's office. That is not anything that's going to affect His ability to compete. And it was interesting with my um, buddy Ernie Moore, our traveling secretary. um, He goes, Man, that really, a new hat didn't really seem to affect Gio's stuff too much. Um, So that part was nice to see. Um, So now let's get to the genesis of this conversation. And this is the part that um, is the, and Major League Baseball's got a very, very, very tough position here because there are people that are effectively, and not even trying to hide, essentially flipping the bird at the league with how they're cheating in this game with concocted substances. There are players that have been monetized for it. There are players that are obviously doing it, going to their glove. There's clear video of it. You can tell the pitchers that are doing it because they don't want to go to their, their mouth which Geo does off the rubber. And understandably, and I know comfortably, Major League Baseball is is trying their best to do it in a manner that doesn't create any black eye for the integrity of the game that we love. But speaking of integrity, how about the integrity of the guys that are doing it clean? How about the guys that are pitching their tails off in Major League Baseball, and doing it clean that have an unfair competitive advantage for the guys that are clearly loading up with concoctions that they actually advertise don't do anything to hide even in plain view that's the guys i'm speaking for i'm speaking up for the hitters that have a living to make facing stuff that's already really really good and you can see based on spin rates how guys careers are jumping off the charts and then you can do cause and effect now i don't want to be look is our house 100 clean i certainly hope so am i creating more of an opportunity because i just spoke to our pitchers am i creating more of a uh, uh i mean awareness to our group potentially but let's go check the guys that are sitting there going in their glove every day with filthy stuff coming out not some guy before he's even stepped on the mound with a spot on his hat that's how you wanna start policing this? And unfortunately, that's how this is gonna start. Now, maybe this is a crescendo for things to come, but can I tell you 100% that all our guys are 100% clean with nothing you know, other than some sunscreen and some rosin, which the hitters don't mind, by the way, because they want the grip, which is why we don't want the guys getting, you know, hit in various spots with, with big arms. Hitters don't mind the grip. They don't want the stuff that's making the ball do wiffle ball stuff. And that's the issue at hand here. So, you want to police some sunscreen and rosin? Go ahead, get every single person in this league, hit by pitches will just continue to go up, balls will get away, but why don't you start with the guys that are cheating with some stuff that are really impacting the game and impacting how people play this game. And that's that's the integrity of the game I'll speak up for. Popular, I really don't care. It's accurate. All right, we'll start taking
1: questions. Rick Cummel, St. Louis Post-Dispatch,
2: do you have a question? Yeah, did, when you took your hat off, what got you kicked out? Did you offer your hat to, when you took your hat off, is that what did it? Yeah. I, I think I said some inappropriate um, language that did that. I was gonna give my hat to Gio, but I don't. I didn't get that far.
0: Okay, you were, you were done
2: before that. Yeah, I, and then I got sidetracked, but I was gonna switch tw- hats with him, but I didn't get that far. What did Joe say to you? Yeah. Look, just, Joe, and, and understand this. Joe, do I agree with the timing of it? Do I agree that it looked like something that didn't taste real good or feel real good or felt, um, felt like a setup, to be honest with you? Um, and, 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 again, it just came out of nowhere. Um, you know, to a guy that does go through his fingers that's been filthy and was filthy after it, you know, check his spin rates on his stuff, six-pitch eighth, uh, maybe not enough data. Um, but do I blame them for, for upholding something that they have a responsibility to do? I don't blame them at all. Now let's do it around the whole league when guys are going their gloves. Now let's really do it. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's not, it wasn't the right time, in my opinion, for that to happen. But now you've opened it up. So let's go. Let's get some people. Let's, we got these guys going around locker rooms. Really? I don't. What are they doing? You know, we're in the end of May. You want to talk about sample size, collecting data, collecting video? Well, you know, let's see it. Katie Wu, The Athletic.
1: Mike, what did Gio have to say about all this? I can't imagine it was particularly easy for him to deal with either.
2: Gio's chill, man. Gio's like, I just want, I just like that hat. <laughs> you know, I like the hat. You know, about all he had to say. Like, I, you know, Gio pitched whatever hat you wanted him to pitch in.
1: To add to kind of just the, the absurdity of this, is that it didn't affect his pitching
2: at all in any way. That's you, that's why he's able to pitch. We noticed that in a long time, he's got a slow heartbeat. He's, he, he doesn't make situations, you know, when relievers come up, you pitch him in, ease them in, see how they're going to react to the stimulation. And then we realized the stuff was a really good. And then we started getting higher leverage situations. We talked about relievers the other day. Um, and then we started getting higher leverage situations. And then you realize, Regardless of situation, he's just going to gonna pitch, and it stuffs the stuff, and he looks to ex- execute, and stuff's really, really good. It's a wonderful trait. Cabby's gotten to that point. You, you've seen Alex evolve to that point. Fantastic traits, not making situations bigger than they are. Things go a little out of whack. Okay. Let me just wait till the guy gets in the box, and I'll make my pitches. And the last thing for me, I just want to clarify
1: that this was an umpire decision, and nothing came from the White Sox side of the dugout
2: i'm not aware of that um you know everything that we're aware of um came from umpire decision i don't know that it came from the other side i don't if it did then you know that's their prerogative but i don't i don't believe that that was the case thank you jeff jones Belleville news democrat mike i just spoke to joe and and he said that his goal was to protect geo and keep him in the game by asking him to switch hats before he threw a pitch with the hat that he had on, do you yeah, have and, a reaction to that? And I can appreciate that. That's why I said, is he, "Did he handle it?" I mean, yeah. I mean, he, he kept him in the game, but kept him in the game from what? Because he had a dirty hat. Wayno's got a dirty hat, you know. It just felt, it, 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 I mean, look, he comes out of the bullpen and he's targeted for whatever reason, you know, initially. Um, but I do appreciate the fact he gave him the opportunity to stay in the game. And that's one of the reasons he's had as distinguished career as he had. I'm not faulting Joe at all. And, you know, because they, they chose to enforce something that, you know, looked somewhat suspicious to them. They have every, and that's part of their job to police the game. And I want to make sure I'm clear. I'm, I'm not challenging that. I'm only challenging the fact that there's some, there's much more egregious things happening in real time that aren't being challenged. That's my only consideration. So really Joe doing his part, I have no issue with it.